Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Should we buy or should we rent? That is the question that we will be answering today. The million dollar question, especially in Sydney, that's the price of the average median house, if not more than that. Yeah, I think it's like 1.5 million these days and we're definitely not alone. There are a lot of other places in the world where property is very, very expensive. So we wanted to go through the pros and cons of buying versus renting in this episode. Hey friends, this is Queenie. And Pablo. And welcome back to another episode. So Pablo, what's your money win? My money win, and I'm glad you asked, is a $500 money win. And basically, last weekend, I was like reviewing our car insurance because we need to renew it. And I saw that the price that we were paying last year had increased by like $100 a month, which was already expensive. So I was like, oh, hold on a minute. Is there better option out there that are cheaper? And I found this government website from the New South Wales. It's like Green Sleep New South Wales or something like that. And basically, I just put all our information and then it compares a few providers in the market and they were able to find like a really competitive price from like a big insurance firm. And then we save like 500 bucks basically. Yeah. And when Pablo told me that our insurance provider was going to raise our insurance by $100 a month, I was shocked because we have not made any claims on our insurance in the past year, like not even a single one. So I have no idea why it they raised the price so much and we even tried to negotiate with them. We called them up and even the lady on the phone was like really apologetic. She was like, I'm really sorry. She's like, I'm sorry, there's nothing I, I can do. And I was like, okay, well, we'll probably move to another insurance provider. And she's like, I think you should probably do that. <laughs> and she like agreed. So yeah, highly recommend checking out your insurance and just making sure that it is still competitive because the loyalty tax friends, it definitely is real. Yeah, for sure. Like you need to check like, you know, every single year or whenever you can see if you're not paying the loyalty tax. Mm. And Quinny, what is your money win? Ooh, I'm also very glad you asked Pablo. So as we know, Sunscreen is really, really important and I had run out of my favourite sunscreen and it is quite expensive. It is definitely like not the cheapest sunscreen, but I do like to have nice cosmetics and things for my face. But I did wait for a sale and last week they had Click Frenzy. So I picked up two really big bottles of this sunscreen that I really like and I saved about $50, which I'm really happy with because it hardly ever goes on sale. So I'm glad that I was able to pick it up for a bargain. And also I'm I'm proud of myself for waiting as well. I have like a, a shopping list for Black Friday and Click Frenzy. And yeah, I've just been like marking things off the shopping list and I'm really proud of myself for not buying anything that has been on that shopping list. So yeah. Wins all round. That's really good. Like, you know, you've waited for the sale and you had like, a list. So it's not like an impulse purchase. And on top of that, you bought like more than one. So that's why it's going to last you a long time. And then hopefully next time you need to stock up again, there will be another sale. 
Exactly. And I also think stuff like sunscreen, it's preventative. Like even though it may cost you money in the short term, I feel like it does prevent bigger things happening later on in life as well. So yeah, really important to protect your skin. Prevention is better than the cure always. For sure. And especially in Australia, you know, with the sun, very dangerous. Definitely, definitely. Just remember that anything that we talk about in this podcast is general in nature and doesn't constitute personal financial advice. You can read our full financial services guide in the description. We would also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of our land and we extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Thank you so much to WeMoney for being the sponsor of today's episode. WeMoney is a free app you can use to check your credit score completely for free and see all your finances in the one place. And you can use my code for $5 when you sign up. The link is in our show notes. So we're going to start off this episode by going through the pros and cons for renting versus buying. So renting, what are some pros for renting? Well, pros from renting, I think, is that it's easy to get in. You know, you don't need much capital. You can usually easily find somewhere to rent, depending on the market. And that's, you know, the big pros is that you don't need a lot of money. You can just straight in, okay, I want to live, you know, let's say there. Potentially, if you can afford it, you can do it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Any other pros, Connie? I would say that it generally is cheaper to rent the same place than if you were to buy it. So depending on where you live in the world, I know in Sydney, for example, Generally, the prices for rent are slightly cheaper than what you would be paying in a mortgage. So you do save a bit of money there. And there is definitely a lot more flexibility with renting. So if you do want to move somewhere else, you can easily, you know, move somewhere else. Just decide where you want to live. Yeah, that's true. But I think like now in Sydney, you know, that was true for a time. But now the rent are really, really increasing. And it's kind of breaking even like buying and especially that you build equity on top of that yeah exactly so we did want to go through this and I think this is also just from Pablo and my experience it may be different for other people but we thought that we would give rent vesting a go so last year we went on around the world trip for four months and we decided to rent out the apartment that we purchased because we were going to be away for four months anyway so we might as well you know move out and then we decided that we would rent when we came back to Australia. But honestly, this past year of renting, I kind of forgot how some landlords can be quite, I don't know, they can be quite brutal, you know? So basically what happened was uh, it was fine for the first year. Then our landlord decided to increase the rent, but they increased it above the market rate. And they even like admitted to us like, yeah, we're increasing it above the market rate. It's only like $10 a week or whatever. Yeah, but I think the reason why they said that it was like above market rate is because we tried to negotiate. So, you know, we were like, okay, you want to increase by that much. And we looked at average prices and be like, it's, you know, fair to do this because X, Y, Z, and this is the average price, you know, that could be fair to do that. And then they're like, no, this is the price we decide that you're going to pay and you're going to pay. I guess maybe we also got a bit unlucky with our landlord, but I think something to keep in mind for sure. I, I think that it can be really stressful renting, especially in this climate. And I know that buying is also very expensive, but yeah, I guess we wanted to talk about in this episode that there are still some ways that you could get onto the property ladder or even find a way to, yeah, I guess we just wanted to go through that in this episode. Yeah, I think it's good to do reinvesting. I mean, you know, it's always like pros and cons like we just 
talking about, but it depends, of course, the market. Are you going to pay less in rent than, you know, usually? And also, are you going to have a good landlord? And you never know. Like you were talking about it, Queenie, like we should have like a website where people can rate landlords. And that would be very useful. I would honestly love that because, to be honest, we have tenants in our place at the moment. And I didn't think that we were like crazy, incredible landlords, you know, but I just thought that we were just fair, you know, like um, they've been staying in our place for more than a year. The rent has obviously increased and mortgage interest rates have increased. So we did, um, the real estate agents did say that we should probably increase the rent. So we sent them that notice. But if they came back and negotiated with us, like, of course, we'd like accept it, you know, which I think is fair, especially in this climate. But yeah, I guess not everyone is like that. Not every landlord is like that. And that was a good lesson for us to learn. Exactly. It's a good lesson at the end of the day. And business idea for you listening who wants to get into a new business. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think so. Okay, so Pablo, the other day I was on Instagram and I saw this study and it was honestly wild. It blew my mind. Did you know that renting ages you faster biologically than smoking or unemployment? More than smoking. Isn't it insane? Yeah, I honestly couldn't believe it either. So I had to read the article and it said that these researchers found that the stress of renting, including not being able to pay for rental increases and the hassle of moving, can actually age you faster biologically than smoking or unemployment, which is just crazy to me. That's insane. But I guess I imagine like now actually our rent is increasing and they're kind of like not bullying us, but kind of, you know, to be like, okay, this is the price you have to pay and we try to negotiate it down. And the funny thing is that we made a video, what to do if your rent increase? And we followed these steps, but the landlord just did not budge. I know. It's so sad because I feel like if you have a good landlord, you don't really have to worry about these things because they may not increase your rent that much and they may give you a fair price. But if you have a landlord that maybe just wants to make as much money out of their place as possible, like it can be really, really stressful and some people can be a bit brutal. So... Yeah, definitely something to keep in mind. And I do feel for everyone out there that isn't on the property ladder yet. So currently in Australia, there are quite a lot of first home buyer initiatives that you can check out. We've actually created a completely free ebook that you can check out. And even if you don't live in Australia, I'm sure wherever you live in the world, there's probably some sort of first home buyer initiative that you can take advantage of. So definitely something to consider. And it's good for your health too. So... What about the pros for buying? Pros for buying. Well, I think the first thing that comes to mind is building equity. You know, having assets always like relying on something like intangible. It's like, you know, land or a block of like an apartment. So that's really good pros. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I think also that the fact that when you are paying money every month to live somewhere, your money is, like Pablo said, going towards building equity. So even if the property doesn't appreciate that much over time, at least your money is going towards owning something, you know, rather than with renting. So I would say that, yeah, there are definitely quite a few pros from a financial standpoint. And also just the stress of not having to deal with a bad landlord as well, you know, that that is just going to keep on raising your rent and, you know, being a bit unfair. So, yeah, it's definitely something to consider. Yeah, you could be smoking and still be more healthy than if you were renting. 
<laughs> I think renting, especially with a bad landlord, like that is definitely very stressful. <laughs> we learned that firsthand. We sure did. And we won't make the mistake again. Yeah. But something else to keep in mind is there is something called mortgage stress. And as we know, mortgage interest rates are also increasing as well, quite a lot over the past couple of years. So I think it is important if you do decide to purchase a place that you can still afford it, even if the rates were to go up, say from like 2%, which is what they were only just a few years ago, up to even 8 or 10%, you know, like it hopefully won't happen. But I think it's also good to keep that in mind just in case it does happen. So you don't have that stress on your mind because as we know, stress isn't good for your health. And it's definitely not good for your finances as well if you do have to stress about paying your mortgage as well. Yeah, exactly. That's why, you know, sometimes you look at like one million, two million dollar places and it's like, okay, I have the deposit for this. But then actually looking at how much the repayment is with the current rates. And also if you are paying a two or three percent extra interest rate, what does it look like? Can I, can you afford it? And also you don't want to be like first stopping all your lifestyle just to pay a mortgage. I mean, personally, I wouldn't. Uh, maybe people want to live in a great house and don't take any holidays. I guess it's a lifestyle choice. But yeah, you want to look at all these because mortgage stress, like you said, Queenie, is like a real thing. Mm, mm, for sure, for sure. So it is a really big decision if you do want to buy a place. So make sure you do your research and yeah, find the right place. I think it's good to think for the long term or five years or more. And you may not notice things wrong with your place when you're doing your inspections. You know, you might only view it twice or so before you decide to buy it. But I can tell you right now, there's, there's probably a lot more wrong with the place than you initially thought. And I think that's true of like any place that we've ever lived in. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like I think there is definitely like things that are wrong that you will realize later on in like leaving the place. You know, you you there are so many things like you want to see like that you haven't seen before, like, for example, but for it's the renting that we are currently and there is this toilet seat and he never like stand, you know, it always fell down. It's just so annoying. But, you know, you're not going to test potentially this when you look at the house and so many things that you need to consider that it's not going to be as good as you think. You know, it's always better in appearances. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. It's so true. Thank you so much for listening so far. We're going to have a quick ad break. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Thank you so much for listening to the ad break. Something that we did learn when we were buying a place is that I think a lot of people say that apartments don't appreciate over time and it's much better to buy a landed property. But something that we have noticed is that the boutique apartment blocks, so I'm talking, you know, those like older style apartment blocks, kind of ugly on the outside, but then there are only about 10 to 12 units in that block. Those ones do actually tend to appreciate more over time. And the reason why is because the building, because they're really, really old, they have already depreciated 
probably as much as they as they could. So if you can buy an older kind of apartment that's a bit more rundown, you can always renovate it and then add value to it. And the good thing as well about these boutique blocks is because there are, say, only 10 to 12 units in that block, you actually kind of own a bit more land than if you were to buy an apartment in, say, like a building with 700 different units, you know, because all of those units would have a smaller piece of land that they essentially own. So, yeah, definitely something to consider. And that's personally what Pablo and I did. So we did buy an older boutique two-bedroom apartment and it definitely did not look very nice from the real estate photos. There were a lot of things wrong with it. There were the cupboards were falling off the hinges in the kitchen. The oven didn't work. There were a lot of things, but because we have renovated it, we were able to add value to it. And even though it is an apartment, it has appreciated quite a bit over the past couple of years. So definitely something to consider if you are looking to purchase an apartment. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think boutique hotel, I was going to say. <laughs> apartments are really nice. And like you said, the land, you know, it all makes sense, like mathematic-wise, <laughs> which is good. <laughs> Mathematics. Mathematics. And also you can renovate it. You know, like maybe if you buy like a brand new apartment and if you're going to do a renovation, it's not going to add much value. But if, let's say, the kitchen is rundown or if the bathroom is rundown, then you can really add value on top of what it is now. So it's really good that you can, you know, add more money, but increase the value of the property yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, definitely something to consider if you're looking to purchase an apartment for your first place. New buildings definitely are nice and they definitely do have a lot more perks. For example, you'll probably have a garbage chute, which is something that I wish our older boutique apartment had because we have to go down the stairs every time. And a lift, probably, because our boutique apartment does not have a lift. Uh, but yeah, I guess something to consider with the newer apartments is you are paying a bit more of a premium because it is a brand new apartment. You don't have to renovate anything. So your loan size is probably going to be a lot bigger. But yeah, I guess pros and cons. Not everybody wants to rent, have to go through the hassle of renovating as well, but something that has definitely worked for us. Yeah, exactly. And also with new apartments, you know, there are things that are wrong and maybe you never know until later on. I mean, in the building that we are in now, it's a new apartment. And like a couple of months ago, when there was a lot of rain, there was like leak everywhere. And, you know, there is like a nice garden, like rooftop on top of the building, rooftop, obviously. And you could not access it for like weeks, probably like two months because they were doing like renovation to fix the leaks that were coming. And it's like maybe a four, five year old building. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's really important if you are considering buying a new building that it is built by a reputable builder because there can be some buildings that they just want to build them quickly and they might cut corners. So it's really important to make sure you do your research on the builder Actually, we have this uh, interesting story about when we were buying our first home. We were looking at new apartments and also older apartments. And we were really sold on this one place because it was this beautiful building. It was a brand new apartment and it just looked really nice. You know, it had like gardens, it had a lift, it had like all the amenities and it was just a nice, you know, apartment. It had like this beautiful kind of like river in the back way and like it was just a really nice vibe like gardens everywhere but yeah something I don't know why I thought this but 
When I went home after visiting it, we were about to make an offer on the place. I just decided, I've heard some things about new apartments. Maybe I should just, you know, check some information about who built this place and just just to make sure that there's nothing wrong. So I just Googled the place and then I saw all of these articles and it was honestly crazy. There were so many articles slamming this construction company. There was even this A Current Affair episode about them and they had all of these poor people that had purchased apartments in buildings that this construction company had made. And they had all of these faults and all of these flaws. And they just said, this construction company knows about them. I've been emailing them so many times and all of these residents have, but they have not fixed anything, even though it's all within warranty and they should be fixing those things. So thankfully we did do our research before we made an offer in the place, because if we didn't, I don't know where we'd be. We, we'd like, can you imagine? And actually now this construction company, they've actually gone bankrupt. So now they, they really don't have to fix any of those things that the people that have purchased the apartments, you know, have asked them to fix. Isn't that crazy? That's insane. And you never know until this happens. So I think yeah, doing your research like more for new apartments is really important because you never know what can happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And especially since it is a new apartment, you are paying a bit of a premium on the place because it is a newer building. You just want to make sure that your money is actually, it's it's worth it, you know, at the end of the day. And you don't have to pay more money to fix something that, that should already be fixed. Yeah, you don't want to end up on TV because, you know, you've been screwed over. And the problem is that it's a lot of money. You know, let's say you buy like $500,000 a property, maybe more now. And then two years later, you need like, all renovation for the apartment and it's like a 100000 or $200,000 renovation per unit and not everyone can afford it. Yeah. And potentially the bank that you will need the loan from, they will not loan you the money because it's too risky for them. And then also it might also be hard to sell because there might be people researching the place and seeing all of these issues and they wouldn't want to buy it. So that's also another risk that you take. Oh, yeah, exactly. So... Be mindful with new apartments. And obviously it's not all bad, you know, but it's just research is important, especially with, you know, these big purchases. Yeah, I definitely, definitely agree. So what are some other things that people should consider before they buy a place? Well, a few things to look at, Queenie, and when we bought our place, you know, we had no idea what we need to look at those. Is like first getting a solicitor because... What happens is like, you know, before buying a place, there is like a contract that the real estate agent draft with the owner and you're going to sign it. But before you sign it, you need to get this reviewed by a conveyancer or solicitor because obviously they know there are lots of things that are in this contract. It's like so many pages and it's good that someone that knows this look at it, obviously. We were actually at the stage of buying a house, which we did not do, but there was like this contract that were sent to us. And then there was some pipes, like sewage pipes in the backyard. And then the solicitor said, hey, did you notice? Like, because, you know, in one of the pages, it shows you the exact, not just the map of the house, but the council map with like sewage things and stuff like that. And they're like, hey, Pablo, did you know that there is like this sewage pipe? And it was kind of like, not even straight, but it was like kind of like, diagonal on the garden so you literally like if we wanted to build like a 
something. We could not do anything two meters on each side of the sewage pipe. So like nothing at all, because it needs to always be accessible if anything happens. So there are stuff like that, that a solicitor will be able to know. And another thing that's important is if you buy an apartment, strata. So because we talked about, you know, there is the building and things like that. So every quarter you put money into the strata and there will be like a strata report to say how much money is in the, the sinking fund and the admin fund. And basically you want to make sure that this is healthy. There is enough cash to get any things fixed in case of anything happen. And also that there is no bad debt. You know, maybe there is one or two apartments that is never paying the strata and there is like maybe, you know, lawyers involved or things like that. And maybe it's not good. So it's good to get a strata report before you sign the contract because you want to make sure that everything is healthy there. Mm, very good points, Pablo. Very good. Very knowledgeable. I love that. Yeah. And I say, you know, it's about like two to three hundred dollars for the report. But, you know, it's worth spend the money. And the problem is that, you know, when you are in a seller's market, you need to be getting everything quickly and stuff like that. And it's a bit tricky because the real estate agent are going to pressure you to, you need to sign it. We have like so many offers and this and that. And you're like, well, I need the trial report done. And it takes like maybe a couple of days. You know, you need to find the report, send it to the company. They send it to you. You review it. You make a decision. That's extra days. And then on top of that, the solicitor, same, you know, you're going to pay. And it's a bit of money, it's a bit of time, but it's a big purchase. So, you know, it's good to have the peace of mind rather than just rushing it, just to rush it. And then you regret it for like years. Mm -hmm. That's very true. Very true. Good points, Pablo. And if you are enjoying these podcast episodes, we would really, really appreciate it if you could follow this podcast so you don't miss an episode. We really love seeing our community grow and we can't wait to provide you with even more value. Yeah, so I guess also, as we mentioned earlier, if you haven't purchased your first home yet, the good news is that there are heaps of first home buyer initiatives that you can take advantage of, which could make it a bit cheaper for you. And this is something that we honestly wish we knew more about when we were buying our first home. We didn't know that there were so many initiatives out there on the market. And if we were to redo it again, we definitely would have taken advantage of more of them. So something that I wish we knew is that you actually don't need a 20% deposit to buy your first home. You could start with a 5% deposit or a 10% deposit, and it could also help, help you get onto the property ladder a bit earlier. But it is also important to keep in mind that the interest rates that we have now may not be the interest rates that we'll have forever. So it's important to also consider whether you can still afford the place that you're considering buying, even if the interest rates do rise. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's good to mention all those grants, but it means that you still have to pay this like 10% extra on the interest, mm, pay mm. interest on this extra 10%. And something else which is a benefit of buying is also leveraging, right, Pablo? Yeah, exactly. So let's say you have $100,000 and you invest in the stock market with like, you know, average return of like 8%. It's just like hypothetical numbers, by the way. And you get like, you know, steady increase every year and it makes money and everyone's happy. But with property, you can have like $100,000 as a deposit and that can buy you like a $500,000 house or a $1 million house, depending on how much a deposit you put. And then you make the same like 7-8% with the property market. And then you can 
you know, make this increase on a $500,000 or $1 million. So it's much more beneficial. And I guess that's why people like property because you can leverage your money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's something definitely to consider. Obviously, there is also a risk that, you know, the place doesn't appreciate in value. But I think that's also why, you know, a lot of people do have a home occupied mortgage, because at least they're offsetting their living costs by living there. So it's not fully an investment per se. It kind of is kind of isn't because, you know, people don't have to pay rent if they're living in the place that they live in. But it also has the potential to increase over time. So, yeah, good points. And something we've also been looking into with our accountants is debt recycling, which is really, really interesting. So I'll keep you posted on how that all goes. But basically the concept of it, and it took us quite a long time to grasp this concept because it can be pretty confusing. So basically the concept is if you are living in a place that you purchased, Let's say you bought a $500,000 property, you have a $400,000 loan on your property and you paid a $100,000 deposit. Essentially, that $400,000 is because you're living in your place. It's not tax deductible. It would be if it was an investment loan. So if you purchase, say, a place and you're renting it out, you would be able to use the interest that you pay on your mortgage as a tax deduction because it's an investment. But if you do decide to live in the place, you don't get that tax deduction because you're living in the place. But something interesting is that Say if you wanted to invest in the stock market, what you could do is contribute a bit of extra money into your mortgage that pays down your $400,000 loan over time. And then what you can do is you can withdraw some of that extra money that you've paid back on your home loan. You can withdraw it essentially as an investor loan and invest it in the stock market. So that way you'd be reducing the amount of mortgage that you're paying that isn't tax deductible and increasing the amount of, I guess, debt that you pay, but is a tax deduction. So essentially you can kind of have still the same amount of debt, but more of it will be tax deductible debt and less of it will be non-tax deductible debt. So that's basically how it works. It is pretty confusing, but once you wrap your head around it, I think it is a really interesting concept. So we're going to give that a go and see how it all goes. But just remember that, yeah, this is just something that we think will work for us. It may not work for everyone. There's obviously risks involved when it comes to investing in anything. So it is really important to get your own tax advice or financial advice before you decide to do anything really. Yeah, for sure. I think that will work for us. We hope it works for us and it's good to try it out and test it out and see how we end up after one year. But I think chat with your accountant or final accountant that is good at that and that can be really useful to to look into this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and one thing that I think we learned from the diary of a CEO book, in one of the law it talks about, you know, when you don't understand something, instead of, you know, moving away, it's like lean in. And we, you know, we heard about it, like, you know, you could be like, oh, you know, it's not for me, but it's interesting to understand more and lean in. And that's the best way to, to grow and learn. And, you know, in life, that's the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't regret also giving rent vesting a go because we do have friends that, that really like rent vesting and it really works for them. So they have properties that they own, 
but then they also decide to rent as well. And we thought maybe that would work for us, you know, we'll have that flexibility of renting. We could live in a nicer place and maybe not have to pay as much. But yeah, I guess we realized it didn't work for us, but at least we tried it and we know we don't have to do it again, <laughs> especially if you have a bad landlord. Yeah, I think we got a bit unlucky as well, but it is what it is, you know, no regrets. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I guess in general, I think that, you know, renting can be great, you know, depending on your lifestyle and same with buying as well. And it all depends on what kind of stage you're in and also just making the right financial decision for whatever stage you're in. Obviously, you know, you don't want to purchase a place before you're ready and go through all of that mortgage stress and maybe buy somewhere that's too expensive because that also can be very stressful, you know, in that case, you may as well just rent. And obviously, if you're renting in that case, you know, I think it's really important to find a place that is undervalued, that even if they do raise your rent a little bit over the next couple of years, you can still afford it as well. And you still think that it's a really good price. So I guess, yeah, it's, it's really important to consider both options and see which one's right for you. But I think after a while, it may be worth looking to try to get your foot on the property ladder. I know it can be really, really difficult these days, but even if it's not your dream home, even if it is, you know, a little boutique apartment that's kind of run down, <laughs> you know, like you can always renovate it later. And yeah, I think definitely your future self will thank you for, for it. Yeah. And also it doesn't have to be the forever home, you know, it can be, you know, something to get your foot in the door. And then maybe five, seven years later, because the property has increased, potentially sell it, buy something else, getting equity out, buying something else, you know. It doesn't have to be finite. It's like infinite game, I would say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if you would like to check out any first home buyer initiatives, we have a really great ebook that we have created with a lot of different first home buyer initiatives, which you can check out in the show notes below. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.